Hi everyone. Welcome to another edition of Martech Brain where we talk to the best digital leaders and marketers and we go deep into one topic. My guest today is Pradeep Nidamarthi, VP and Head Digital at SBI Mutual Fund. So while Pradeep works in a financial services firm, his background is very deep on the digital services and digital space. So we're going to talk to him about the digital experiences of customers and how things have changed, especially in the post-COVID world. We'll try and also cover that. Uh, welcome to Martech Brain, Pradeep. Thanks a lot for having me. Great to be here. Thank you. So, Pradeep, let, let's begin by uh, understanding or defining really the user experience and marketing in the digital world the way you see it. So it's good for people to understand the mental models and from how you see the world. So I think this has been some time in the making. Um, you know, if you look at the marketing funnel as well, uh, from discovery to the actual purchase, um, I think it has changed a lot more in the last few years with the proliferation of social channels, that this and other digital channels as such. But almost anything you buy today, uh, I think... Uh, the marketing funnel is surely touched by one digital channel or other, and a big part of the decision is made um, online. Especially true for urban and tier one and tier two cities. Tier three cities probably not as much, but then again, even there, you can almost bet that more than fifty percent of the time, some part of the journey is surely touched by digital channels, right? Um, so that's one part of, so when you're defining marketing, be it the overall funnel that you're talking about, attribution, or even about the experience that the customer has, I think one needs to consider that, you know, there was going to be intervention of a digital channel somewhere, and we need to understand the extent to which that is there. And then only successfully, you can actually say that, okay, uh, when I'm considering a customer, this is how I'm going to sort of, you know, influence that particular person to be uh, part of my world, right? So that's the marketing definition, I would say. Um, and when we're talking about customer experience, I think, especially in the digital world, right? Uh, a lot of people confuse or think that user experience, you know, on the digital asset is actually customer experience. Uh, but that's like, typical iceberg approach, right? In the sense that, uh, for example, if you take somebody, one of the organizations that I worked for, if you take Amazon, uh, yes, Amazon has got a fantastic site which is available. Uh, they do think very deeply about, you know, how to sort of cater to different people and the journey and the data recommendations, all those things. But I think where Amazon wins is when they say they are going to get something to you tomorrow, they follow upon that promise, right? So customer experience is not just purely user experience on your digital asset. It is the sum total of the experience on the asset, the using data, the level to which you know your customer and can really enhance his experience on the site or on the digital asset. And most importantly, post-purchase, right? As well, how are you going to follow up on your, you know, overall promise and bring him back to the purchase cycle? So 
right? So user experience is all these, and one way or the other, you know, digital channels and data. For me, actually, data is digital. Digital is data, right? At the end of the day, uh, if there's one differentiating factor that you would have as a marketer or as a digital business, uh, somebody who heads the digital business. it is the data that you have because everything else is pretty much a level playing field everybody else has right. it right uh, so yeah so that's how you define marketing and that's how you define user experience uh, and then take it from there yeah so if i just sort of summarize what you're saying essentially what is very important as a marketer uh, is to understand where digital sort of fits in for that particular yeah. company or that industry in Uh, yeah. the uh, in the customers sort of funnel in the in the funnel and therefore yeah. that is where the interventions need to be done there is a role for digital of course That's to right. pretty much every uh, vertical but the extent of the digital intervention differs from industry to industry absolutely absolutely and the second important point that you said is that uh, i think the amazon point i think is very important is that from a customer's experience uh, from a, what the customer basically sees is Uh, that he or she just looks at digital as one part, but for the uh, for the customer, it's the full end to end that matters. Okay, yeah. so I may have the best website, but if my delivery is not on time, yeah. then uh, uh, that experience is not good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, if you look at it, almost the so-called you in quotes online businesses, the real fulfillment of that, except. For let's say social marketing, or you know, for, for the Facebooks of the world, uh, and probably Google search uh, uh, part of the world, uh, every other so-called online business, the fulfillment actually happens in the real world. So unless you have taken care of that as well, with the same care that you would do uh, online, the whole experience and journey is not complete, right? Uh, that we should be very much be aware of whenever we are promising something to the customer. Yeah, so it uh, it almost becomes like otherwise tunnel vision, where you are focused on trying to super optimize one part, yeah. but leaving aside many of yeah. the other dimensions which make up the full uh, experience. Absolutely, absolutely. So while yeah. I think this is an important point again, where the there is a digital component to a user experience, but what we need yeah. to look at is the entire uh, entire experience. um how has the marketing uh, funnel changed uh, in your mind through the years i mean you've seen the evolution of digital for many years now so what are the if there were two or three key trends that you can sort of highlight uh, uh, i think in the in uh, and uh, you can either look at financial services or any other industry how is the marketing funnel sort of evolved through the years and also i think we can talk about how attribution is changing both of these uh, things right so if you look at how marketing funnel has changed i think a big part is about uh, discovery mm-hmm. uh, general uh, you know discovery in non digital world uh, used to be through your traditional media if you look at it, a customer you needed some content or something like a tv or television or radio or something where the customer is actually using it and uh you actually do a uh mass market spray and pray right you say that okay i have got this bulk customer that i want uh, and this is how i am going to sort of address them right um 
so discovery used to happen that way and that still works for many bulge market you know bulge bracket players but i think now we have the opportunity to make discovery much more pointed to people who are actually looking for that particular product and not only about the product the most important thing is there's opportunity to for you no know, so, sort of present your services or product to the customer when they are looking for it right there is an aspect of them looking for the product and the timing aspect right which was not possible um earlier right so that way uh, even the discovery part of it cannot cannot to be cannot only be made to the pertinent person but at the pertinent time as well. so that's one particular thing that has changed right and significantly changed um second thing i think that has changed with respect to uh, you know marketing in general uh, is that even the smaller players have got that huge opportunity to disrupt some of the bigger players right means who would have thought that you know uh, fmcg world could sort of be you know that one could compete with gillets of the world but then again you have players like the man company and others who really picked up or focused on one thing do a good job on the product side and can really go after established players and market segments that they could really influence and you know make a name for themselves which usually doesn't which is not conceivable in the pre digital world in the sense that you know somebody has created that huge headway and it's very tough to sort of catch up right so that's i think the second thing that uh, you know especially established players like us need to be very much aware of that um there will be marginal players who will sort of chip away at you know something that you are good at and keep on doing that and you know you suddenly realize that you know they have uh, they have become a competitor to you right so that's the second thing i think that has changed and the third thing i think that has really changed i think is you know data and uh, the amount of data a customer as a customer that i put out there uh, is sometimes scary and what uh, you know uh, people can make out of that data uh, is something that has changed and how we handle data in this overall ecosystem both as a customer and also as a you know an organization which uses that data uh, to provide better offerings to the customer i think these are three fundamental things that have changed and i think that something that we will grapple with over the next you know for the foreseeable future sure yeah so essentially i think the the if i dig a little bit more into the second part that you said the rise of smaller companies and uh, to be able to take on some yeah <laughs> some of the larger ones a very interesting point because i think two things are happening in that space one is of course the uh, equalizing effect of technology and the second thing in india in the last few years that we have seen is the large availability of venture capital um uh, which has essentially yeah. fueled Uh, uh the dreams and the ability of startups and newer companies to take on established players so it's almost like for the last 20 30 years there was not that much change and suddenly you now see existing business models getting upended and you talked about in the men's grooming space and we have seen that in space after space now uh that yeah. uh, the newer 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 entrants uh who are just cutting across or who are, who are bypassing traditional channels and going direct to customer are really uh, having a big impact 
so now if we if we look at attribution now i think uh, the customer is basically uh, uh, coming in at different elements in the journey now how do you as a marketer think about attribution so how do you decide what is the role which channel has to play in this journey uh, who really what got me the final sale and therefore where do i make my next investments that's a million dollar question right um see uh, always even before the digital uh, world happened i think there's always this um uh, there's always this tussle between you know how much do i spend on brand uh, versus how much do i spend on performance right uh, even traditional channels right saying that okay i want to put my name out there and build customer awareness and how much i do put into my channels which are direct to market uh, channels that reach out to the customer right um same is now the case in the digital world as well um now attribution has changed become much more uh, tougher because of the three four channels that the customer interacts with you before he makes the purchase uh he jumps across spaces he jumps jumps across devices digital to analog to digital and again to digital and maybe the final sale happens on the analog side of things um so i think rule of thumb for me i think is you know across the spaces that i have worked in uh to some extent we should let go of the whole attribution thing to some extent and just say you know last touch is what i will look at uh and then assume that at least one third of your channels are are digital channels even though it looks like that or not that's one second thing that probably we need to do is uh even on the branding side of things uh some of the metrics that we use are like impressions and some other number of impressions is the typical metric that you use for your branding side of things but probably one needs to go a little bit deeper than that and say that you know along with impressions i will also look at the quality of those impressions and develop certain metrics which will define that for you uh and then you know thereby you know monitor what's the kind of spend that you are doing on the brand side of things which you need to do any which is i'm not against that mm-hmm. but i think uh, that needs to be much more tighter uh and say that i will much put much more premium on uh, Uh, whatever spends i am doing on the brand side of things and measure it much more closely and i think to a large extent performance uh, side of things needs to be uh, driven much more by uh, data right because right now a lot of uh, things uh, that are done on the performance side as well uh, could be optimized a lot more uh, which doesn't happen and in most organizations it doesn't happen right so i think yeah so have much better grip on what you are spending on the brand side of things mm-hmm. and performance marketing much more driven by data is what we need to do to figure out attribution now one thing we we've, you've talked quite a bit about data and uh, i think one thing is there that there's a lot of data available now with with uh, businesses with brands Uh, at every touch point really in a way the customer is giving so much of information uh, it's up to the brand to basically decide how that information is used 
And in various uh, conversations I've had in the last few months with marketers, I think there's a still huge gaps, uh, which I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really that the, the data is there. Uh, it can, um, uh, it should really be used. Uh, it should be captured. First of all, it starts actually with the capture, just capturing data at every touch point, yeah. then the yeah. analytics. Uh, now, you've, you've seen multiple businesses. Um, what do you think are the bottlenecks? In theory, everyone knows it's a data world. We all talk about it. We use it all the time. But what are the bottlenecks yeah. when it comes to yeah. an operating perspective? You know, Where do businesses falter when it comes to the usage of data? Um, <laughs> so the thing is, um, great point, right? It means you are absolutely right. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> um, when you look at usage of data, people say that they have a um, organizations, businesses say they have a lot of data. Uh, but most of the times when, you're, when you really look under the hood, you will realize that it is mostly transactional data. Right. Uh, so, in the sense that uh, the customer has come in, and if you look at even the, some of the biggest uh, businesses uh, in, in India, they will say, "Hey, we have around a million customers, and they, um, you know, have data regarding them." What they actually mean is they have transaction data regarding those million customers. Now, that is post facto, right? What you need to really make sure that uh, you know, you make effective use of data is like we spoke in the, right in the starting, you need to pitch your product or service to the customer uh, at the right time as well, wherein the customer is actually looking for it, right? So first of all, that's one. So people have only transactional data. Even that is not used to the maximum extent that, you know, so that you can bring the customer back into the repurchase cycle. Mm. Very few people have uh, the behavioral data um, and also the customer mapping is not done, right? So what happens is you know only about your, your, own, your own customers. Uh, you don't know about people. How do, I, how do I market to somebody who has come in, uh, hasn't left any details with me? Uh, is there a way to do it? There are ways of doing it, but then again, a lot of people don't know how to do that or they don't have the infrastructure to do that. Second thing is, so there is unknown, there is a lead, there is a, you know, interested prospect and then there is your, you know, a registered user, then there is your customer and then there is repurchase, right? So there is this huge journey that, you know, and then we have data only from probably uh, registered user till purchase. And there's a huge, you know, part of the funnel that is right in before that, which, you know, we don't know how to effectively market to, use, do that mapping. So I think that's where most of the organizations uh, falter in the sense that from mm -hmm. unknown to a customer, they are not able to map their you know, map their users, and they are not able to sort of, you know, uh, market to them or reach out to them at the right time. So there are tools for it. Uh, there is the whole marketing automation stack for it, and there are a bunch of players who can do that. But it's garbage in, garbage out. If you cannot 
uh, yourself map those users and have the infrastructure to capture that data and the tools to act across channels, you'll not be able to do it. Yeah, I think it's a great point because without, I mean, we talk a lot, uh, when we talk data, naturally we also talk about AI and machine learning. But if your data <laughs> yeah. is not there or is not high quality, yeah. Okay, none of the other models are going to work. And they're not. And also, I think this point that um, the differentiation, I think uh, that you can now do across businesses. You talked earlier that, see, the basic products are very similar across businesses in, in, a, in a specific industry. The differentiation really comes in a way uh, through the use and application of, of technology in some ways. That's becoming now very clear uh, because yeah. the customer is basically becoming much more digitally savvy and we have the big transformation in the last three, four years in India. Now, if we just dig a little deeper on this particular point that in the first part of the journey, if there is one or two things you could advise businesses on what they should be doing better from this unknown stage to the customer stage, what are two things which uh, businesses can basically do sort of tomorrow morning uh, to start collecting the data right, start mapping customers better? That's a great question, right? Um, one thing is, first of all, uh, uh, collect data. It means people think that they do. Uh, get your, it means on the brass tacks, means, you know, operationally. Uh, please define your funnel and be very sure of what kind of data do you want, right? Because uh, the general metrics that everybody talks about or Google gives you, those are pretty much commonplace, right? Everybody has it, but then again, you don't have it. First of all, you don't, one doesn't, you know, define the funnel uh, as to, you know, what is it that you exactly want to, uh, you know, capture? Is it the device level data? Is it the interaction level data? What does that mean? That's one. And second thing is, uh, do map your users, right? In the sense that if there is, and then that, that user mapping needs to be there and none of the marketing, digital marketing stacks that you have will work. Uh, people talk about things, right? Oh, we have a DMP, we will do this, we will do that. But unless, your user is mapped unless you know that you know um, rajesh had come 10 you know 10 days back he was an unknown user he registered with me but then again now 5 days down the line he is using a different device so your cookie id becomes different and till you log in i don't know it's rajesh again what people don't end up doing is once you log in again using that other device, you need to, you know, go circle backwards and say, okay, all these two cookies are actually Rajesh so that you have much more context right now, okay. right? And that's a very tedious, tough task to do. But then again, map your users, uh, you know, and keep that a running thing that you do day in, day out and really know what is the data that you want to capture, right? And what is the, um, you know, uh, end goal that you want to sort of achieve, right? So these two things I think needs to be done. It's painstaking. It will right. take some time to do. Uh, but then again, you first of all need to do that. 
before you start spending money on the other things because all those things will not work or at least they will work only part you know you know in bits and pieces if you don't get this whole thing right right i think very good advice basically a collecting just start with data collection you know at every touch point yeah. are you collecting it right are you collecting the in the data that you really will need later on uh, yeah. for uh, the other purposes that you have and second is the ability to map uh, customers i think without yeah. this you'll just end up with a lot of records and <laughs> yeah. not yeah. get the benefit out of that and you actually end up doing the other way around right means it's the same customer correct See, one of the what most common gripe that customers have is why are you calling me i already bought your service <laughs> or i bought the product i bought yesterday i bought your credit card yesterday why are you calling me again that's because you know that customer probably interacted with you using a different device and you tagged him as an unknown user mm-hmm. and you your whole marketing effort is going into it you have a pissed off customer <laughs> and you are spending money on it right so yeah that's a very typical example of you know where uh, you are already spending so much money and getting an irate customer uh, who's already done the job for you that you wanted which is a great point you just said and i think it will be good to dig a little deeper delve a little deeper into that is the fact that today's customer is omni channel yeah it's so you it's not it's now not as simple as it was like a few years ago today they are interacting through uh, could even now be whatsapp as a channel uh, many uh, businesses now have set up whatsapp so all of this is happening so i think the the job of the marketer or the digital head leader is actually much more complex now yeah. because you got to not just map on the same channel you also need to connect that customer across multiple channels yeah yeah so this is the standing joke that i have with my team you know uh, probably 10 15 years back um you know you used to reach out to uh, you used to spray across you know some thousand people and uh, you know hope some you know something happens so that was the problem then now nowadays the problem is you know you know the exact 100 people that you want to reach out to but you reach out to them multiple times <laughs> so you are doing the same mistake in a different way absolutely you know so let's say you had thousand arrows to uh, you know play with at 15 years back and you use them on a random bunch now what you are doing is you're using the same 1000 arrows but on 100 people and hitting them 10 times each which really <laughs> is not the intended improvement that you wanted yeah. right uh, so that happens a lot uh, in today's world yeah i think it's it's so really i think when we talk of digital what's very clear is that this is a whole new world <laughs> i think um and just this having setting up a digital team etc is i think just a starting point in a journey okay there are no magic solutions it's hard work uh, digging through uh, the data you know mapping customers right. and then avoiding the pitfalls that you just spoke about uh i think yeah see digital is two things right one i think one of the big difference between uh, somebody is making the transition from traditional marketing to you know today's time i think one big thing that they need to realize is you know because you have lots of 
great marketing leaders who have made the stream you know transition very seamlessly to the digital world and some people haven't uh when i have spoken to them interacted with them one thing i realized is one big thing that people who have made the transition is um uh, traditional marketing was about that one big idea one big ad uh that will you know influence a thousand people uh or a, or a million people right uh you talked about that one tv ad at super bowl mm-hmm. which stalked about but digital marketing is not like that it's like sort of you know death by thousand cuts or maybe that's a wrong sentence to use it's more about conversion through thousand ways right you 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 try something it doesn't work you tweak it a little bit you try again you again tweak it a little bit and you try again right so uh you need to be persistent you need to be changing uh and and, and doing a lot of things and getting you know inch by inch rather than that one grand gesture that you make so that's the difference between the traditional marketing and digital marketing today i think it's or marketing in today's world beautifully put i think um uh, uh it's it's really getting to work every day how do you do that 1% better yeah. in a way Absolutely. it's not just Absolutely. i can just get this one grand idea and execute and everyone sees <laughs> it and they all buy my product it's not that Um, yeah. and in a way it's not there's a place for it but not most of the times and in a way i think the differentiation between companies also uh, can be significant now so that the yeah. the sources of advantage competitive advantage which were there in the pre digital world i think uh, are are going to be very different uh, in in the post digital world and especially the changes that we have seen in india uh, and sort of my my one one final question is uh, you've seen you've been in the space for the last uh, many many years uh, and the last year everyone talks about as being you know sort of disruptive in, ma- in many many different ways uh, uh, the the uh, the adoption of digital uh, uh, the changes which we are seeing if there are one or two big takeaways that you have which are sort of trends which are getting accelerated um, i think any any key things which stand out for you in the transformation that we are seeing either on the on the customer side or on the marketer side um i usually feel I means i get asked this question a lot but i think i tend to disappoint people on this uh, uh because i think um yes there has been more adoption and people were you know sort of forced to make that uh transition much quicker than otherwise they would have but i don't think a whole lot of things have changed on the ground in terms of you know how one should look at it right in the sense that um because those trends were there even before yeah, this whole yeah. thing happened yeah right i would rather say you know what we need to be very uh, careful about marketers need marketers need to be careful about you know during this covid world and post covid world is i think one thing is um uh, lead with a lot more um, empathy and uh, you know we sometimes forget that being in the digital world everything being measured and all these things we lose sight of empathy and you know people who built that into their solutions will always 
you know, going forward as well will sort of, you know, means it could be empathy towards the customer saying that, you know, hey, take financial services, they need to uh, redeem the money and they need to, they need tomorrow. And for whatever reasons, you know, because the systems are not built or they don't have the digital literacy or, uh, or the things that are needed for you to help them, you are not able to give them their money tomorrow, right? But you need to be, you need to have empathy towards that. That's one. And the second thing that we need to really figure out is that um, there are certain trends uh, which look very important or certain things, and that depends again on the individual business. There are certain things which look very important right now, but they can fizzle out like that, just like that. Uh, you know, once that whole, uh, you know, pandemic thing sort of, uh, you know, sort of let's say, you know, we get back to the normal whenever we get to it, hopefully uh, soon. Um, so that's one. So it's very important to understand what will stay the course, what will not, um, you know, and really put uh, that, uh, um, you know, uh, the money behind that. Because believe me, as the digital, uh, the person who holds, the, who, you know, owns the digital business, uh, you can now push people and get away with certain things, getting some expensive toys, but believe me, it's 18 months down the line. The CFO is coming and asking you, you know, how good, bad, or ugly this was. And you should not, you know, squander this opportunity by asking for frivolous things, yeah. uh, which make you look good at that point of time, but will prove, prove very counter uh, to your agenda 18 months down the line. So please be aware of what is it that is going to stay. What is temporary? What is the long-term thing? What is ch what changes are made? I think that's one thing that we need to look at. Advice I would give to uh, people. And if there is one trend um, in general, uh, I think I would say, you know, um, learning means which was uh, while it was online to uh, earlier even people whom earlier you think couldn't you know put in front of a, a, a screen for about an hour and teach them for example for us you know distribution right uh, distribution is what uh, those people whom we didn't know how to sort of reach out to them uh, and, and and you know teach them certain things and make them a distributed. It's a long process in the mutual industry, right? So, but but now I think it's in the realm of possibility in the sense that people have understood that the digital side of things uh, is not only for fun and movies. <laughs> they can use it for actual work as well. Now that I'm speaking to you, I think one trend that has really, I think, come through COVID the side of things is we liked it or not, before COVID, uh, you know, devices, digital side of things were more for fun, uh, not for serious work. But now people know that it can be used for serious work as well. And we need to figure out how that sort of fits in for my own business and, you know, and customers and go about it. And Sorry, it was a long way. Yeah, that's a great, that, but... great overview, I think, for marketers uh, to keep in mind. 
and just on your point on uh, empathy you know a line which i tell in my team to my colleagues is that uh, don't think of ourselves as just being an email company okay there is a emotions yeah. behind the email okay when we are yeah. sending emails there are emotions which are being sent or uh, when you are sending messages there are moments magical moments that are at the end of those uh, moments uh, messages that are there so we many times in all this world of data we tend to forget the emotional part yeah, that, uh, very much so. uh, i think very much it's 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 great it's, point uh, it's, it's it's very easy to sort of think of your customer as a user id or a, or a <laughs> yeah, absolutely ID. that's, uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's uh, really not what uh, yeah. i don't think you will be able to build enduring businesses if we uh, tend to think that way you might have short term success uh, but i think it would take some uh, you know uh, that empathy is important more so now more so now absolutely great and um, uh, excellent uh, pointers in fact lot of good learnings i think for anyone who's been watching we come okay. to the last bit uh, <laughs> no absolutely pradeep i think you've given great insights you know i think these are all of the basics which sometimes we tend to forget it's just a reinforcement right. of, of fundamental ideas uh it's not right. just about the shiny new thing it's about doing a lot of things right yeah. point that you said you know it's um, uh yeah i'm a bit boring steps. that way <laughs> it's a step by step journey i think uh yeah i, I think there's a very good chinese quote which says a uh, a journey of a thousand miles uh, begins uh, uh, one step yeah first step and that's really what yeah. what you have to think about um, we come to our five ones uh, at the end uh, so sort of uh, sure. quick sure quick short ones answers so the one key tech trend or one key technology or trend that excites you um i think voice because um just like india leapfrogged desktops and directly went to mobile i think 5 to 10 years down the line probably we will not have all these apps and everything and all the interactions will be just voice and any surface that can project right so even that could be a death of phones as well in the sense that you know you don't need to carry something in your in your pocket that probably 5 years 10 years down the line wherein some technology can just project anything on a surface and you can interact with voice and you are done great point a uh, one tech or trend that has disappointed you i really am not i don't think see uh, i think every technology i think uh, has some potential so i am not usually disappointed by it or uh, cannot think of one technology i just feel anything which hasn't uh, happened its time hasn't come yet but then if i think back the last 10 years or whatever i think uh, that google glass thingy was a little bit <laughs> you know i still uh, uh, very very scary to some extent yeah. yeah but i really think even that will in one It'll form or the other the way that we are giving away our data as a civilization uh, i think even that's going to be there at some point of time <laughs> No, no, it's, it's I hope it doesn't point. make a comeback, but I, I wouldn't bet against it. No, it's a, it's a great point. You know, I remember in early '90s, um, working when I came back from the US, I was working on AI and neural networks, uh, and things were just so slow. You right. don't do anything, and then suddenly you see, 30 years later, it's there everywhere. 
So you never know how these things come back. Uh, yeah. One good book uh, recommendation for people to read. Um. So recently, I mean, the last two books that I read was the Ride of a Lifetime by Robert Robert uh, Iger. Iger who, Disney. Uh, has yeah, who had uh, Disney for the last twenty years. And uh, incidentally, just before that, I just read, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, which is uh, CEO Nike. of Nike, the founder of Nike. So both of these books, uh, uh, means I happen to, this happened to be the most recent books I have read, and they're as good as any. Right. I think one should surely uh, read uh, uh, Phil Knight's book to understand that you know people who generally don't fit into description of um, an executive or a corporate guy could really build something special uh, just because they have the passion for something as shoes yeah means who who thinks shoes is a sexy thing but they they built it and and uh, uh, robert iger's book uh, means really tells you how to really manage a creative you know business and still manage it you know as a creative and business as think as actually don't go together shouldn't go together but he is somebody who has managed that very well uh, so yeah both books great books and both about great companies disney and nike great great companies yeah, yeah. one uh, interesting person or podcast uh, which you would recommend that people follow um i think uh, i always liked right from you know uh, right from the time i read his book uh richard branson is actually somebody that i follow uh and and i think in, in a very quirky way uh, and one should read surely read uh, losing my virginity by yes uh, richard branson fantastic book means i think i read it some 25 years back and it still happens to be one of those books i love um so i think he makes some very good pertinent points which i always enjoyed and he seems to strike that right balance between fun success seriousness and everything so yeah i think one should a uh, lot to learn from the guy great and final question one key driving belief in your life um okay i have heard about means i think one there is a negative connotation to it as well but i always look at the positive side of you know um i am i might often be wrong but i am never indecisive mm-hmm. right uh, the positive side of things is i have seen too many people too many organizations uh just uh, i think people in, in any sort of leadership position or even a managerial position i think it's about decisions Absolutely. right and almost always there's never a right decision because if you think about it you are leading a business and you have smart you are surrounded yourself with smart people if five people are coming with you with 10 ideas obviously all 10 of them are good nobody is going to come to you with a stupid idea right because fundamentally they are smart people Right. so you still have to at the end of the day pick up uh, uh the best among equals and that could come down to gut that could come down to data a mixture of all those things 
circumstance but finally what people are coming to a person in a leadership position is for a decision right so one way or the other it's better to make quick uh, decisions with what you have and be decisive understand if you have made a wrong decision fail fast and take the corrective action rather than trying to figure out what's the right decision and keeping everybody in suspense uh, so yeah fantastic words i think fantastic advice um, <laughs> hope it's helpful for somebody out there was very very well put i think many times you know we we try and wait for that one extra data point yeah, uh, yeah to make that yeah. call and you know uh, things time just passes by yeah yeah so thank you very much pradeep uh, great, great conversation thanks for having me so friends uh, that was martech brain with pradeep uh, thank you for watching and uh, we'll be back soon with yet another episode of martech brain in netcore initiative